0: Welcome back to Criminal Justice Policy Solutions. It's been another violent week in Chicago. How many times have you heard that sentence? It's been another violent week in Chicago. Does it feel like you hear it every week? That's how it feels to me. I've been thinking a lot about violence lately as my neighbors tell me a new turf war sprung up in Pilsen. I see the new graffiti every day when I walk my dog and every once in a while I hear the gunshots. Most of the time, I convince myself there are fireworks. This is a whole new experience for me. I come from a town of 2,000 people. I'm an anarcho-socialist and a social worker. I don't believe police provide a public service, and I don't think we'd have any violence if people had access to the fruits of their labor. That being said, I'm a 100 pound woman, and when I walk from the train station to my apartment late at night, I feel scared. As much as I hate to admit it, I wanna be protected. I want to know that if something bad happens to me, someone will show up to help. But I'm under no illusions that police officers are helpers. Last time something bad did happen to me, last time I called the police, they showed up but they didn't help. They arrested my boyfriend, and when he got out of jail 48 hours later, he was decidedly not thrilled. They didn't help him, and they sure as hell didn't help me. So when I'm walking home from the train late at night, I'm not hoping for police. I'm praying for protection, and I'm trying to think of a better way, a better system. The other night, walking fast and holding my finger on the trigger of the mace inside my pocket, I imagined a world where the police were social workers, where entire bureaus directed by women focused on preventing crime by changing the environments that lead to it. Sounds crazy, right? Just the kind of utopian nonsense a Bernie Sanders voting, oat milk drinking, pansexual loving progressive like me would come up with. Except I didn't come up with it. It already happened. In America. In Chicago. And that's what we're going to talk about today.
1: A separate unit in the police department with a woman as director, responsible to the head of the department and giving her entire time to all cases in which women and children are involved, as well as to preventative and protective work.
0: Around the time of the women's suffrage movement, women with social work backgrounds were recruited to serve as. Police women within women's bureaus in urban police departments. In 1920, the director of the Women's Bureau of the Police Department in Washington, D.C., Mina Van Winkle, described the types of responsibilities women's bureaus took on in a speech she gave to the NASW.
1: Follow up work for women and girls, securing employment, improving and changing environments that cause delinquency, voluntary probation, physical and psychopathic examinations, careful investigation of questionable circumstances, locating missing girls' assistance and casework for the police, juvenile and criminal courts. By 1930,
0: there were 509 women in 200 police departments across the U.S., all serving within women's bureaus. Unfortunately, there were many roadblocks for police women. Society in general held great disdain for women pursuing careers. These women were professionals with college degrees, working outside the home with men. They were raked over the coals in newspapers and often pressured out of departments by sexist policemen and police administrators. A huge concern was the lack of police support of the women and their work. The critical blow to the Women's Bureau movement was a lack of police interest in social work objectives. This type of police work just sort of disappears from the literature after World War II. A different version of police social work exists today. It's called forensic social work, and it's defined as the practice specialty in social work that focuses on the law and educating law professionals about social welfare issues and social workers about the legal aspects of their objectives. These kinds of social workers are seen in juvenile detainment facilities, courtrooms, and prisons. They are no longer working alongside police doing protective and preventative work. Why not? Is there still a lack of police interest and social work objectives? Would they rather lock folks up and throw away the key? I'm not so sure. So I've asked my friend Julius, a CPD officer, to join me. He once casually told me at game night about responding to a suicidal 911 call at a train station. He didn't know how to help the man considering jumping onto the tracks, so we tackled him and put him in handcuffs. I had spent that same day, ironically enough, at a mental health first aid training seminar. I brought the seminar handbook out for him to thumb through. Between bites of pizza, he said, wow, I really wish we had something like this. I want to know what he thinks about the idea of working alongside a social worker every day. Just a heads up, Julius likes to talk. When I arrive at his apartment for the interview, he's baking cookies, wearing his gun and his handcuffs on his belt around his waist. We talk about police issues for a little while before we make it to the police women of the 1920s. I've left those parts in for the most part because I think you'll find it interesting. All right let's get into it so in doing this project i was thinking about policy solutions which means i was thinking about issues problems um so i'm wondering what issues you've encountered what issues you're seeing in your day-to-day
2: <clears throat> you know i'm on the streets at least nine hours a day so the first things that come to mind are the things that i see constantly um and that is unquestionably uh, mental health. Mm -hmm. If there was a great adversary of policing today, I would say it would be mental health. Um, The lack of um, resources that we have as police officers to effectively not appropriately, because appropriate could be whatever resources they give us, but effectively mm-hmm. um, handle the mental health crisis that we have. I, and I can only speak for Chicago because my experiences with the Chicago Police Department—it's um, it's, uh, many of the people that, unfortunately, I'm seeing on a regular basis um, suffer from some type of mental illness mm-hmm. and don't need a jail, but rather. A place, um, a healthcare facility that can manage um, their uh, their healthcare condition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's other. I think we have to be more innovative as a society when it comes to our criminal justice system, in mm-hmm. terms of how to um, how do we find um, justice <laughs> for. You know, for these folks, Mm -hmm. because uh, we can't arrest our way out of this problem. Mm -hmm. Um, Injustice isn't necessarily throwing a 13-year-old kid uh, in jail because of the fact uh, that he had inadequate schools to go to, lack of food at home, um, house in the middle of a food desert, um, no positive role models in his life. Mm -hmm. the list can go on and on and on Mm -hmm. (laughs) but
0: as a new police officer what other problems have you encountered
2: yeah it's tough you know the most difficult part of my job isn't dealing with (laughs) uh, the everyday citizen it's oftentimes dealing with my colleagues (laughs) Uh, citizens aren't a problem you know. um, but yeah uh, for me probably the most important public trust and and um, if you get in a foot pursuit with a guy and you come to find out once you've detained him that he had a gun on him um, but you still give him that head nod like what's up <laughs> um, or you treat him kindly or you even smile at him um, in the process in part of the, part of the arrest. Uh, those small details make a difference on how he now views the police.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> if you're not motherfucking him, you know, trying to lecture him on some bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, th- th- that makes a difference.
0: And I feel like that kind of brings us back to this idea of systemic change. And you and I have had this sort of ongoing conversation about policing and social work and like our respective hopes and dreams for systemic change. And I'm wondering if you remember us talking about uh, police women in the 1920s who worked as social workers in police departments. That's
2: right.
0: So uh, I did a little research into that, and it turns out that in 1911, CPD did have one social worker on staff. Her job was to, quote, do away with petty complaints and she reduced litigation so significantly and was praised by the courts so that by 1919, CPD had appointed 29 additional social workers um, to its ranks. Are there any social workers working alongside police at CPD now?
2: So I think what, you, what, what, you're, what you're highlighting has evolved and changed over the years. Um, So to answer your question about social workers, specifically within the CPD ranks that may be on the streets with me every day, that's not happening. No. Mm -hmm. Similar model Mm -hmm. that you talked about with the police female social workers, Um, I think what that all encompasses is something I'm passionate about, which is community policing, where there is no enforcement, um, like, like police aren't showing up to people's houses and people aren't police aren't showing up to community events. Pe- police aren't showing up um, to the basketball game or what have you from an enforcement perspective, mm-hmm. but they're there from a community perspective. So to enhance what's going on, to um, to build the relationships too. Um, to get to know the community, to understand um, who lives in X community, um, to understand what the needs are of that community, um, and then adjust um, their services according to the intelligence that they've gathered. Um, so not necessarily I'm here to enforce X law, I'm here because someone called us, but I'm here um, as, a, uh, as a fellow citizen to help you with the current resources I have, community policing. Um, we're starting to see, a more aggressive approach to that um, in small numbers, but from the data that CPD has, um, has noted, it has been effective.
0: And from what I've learned about community policing, it's a wonderful model, exactly as you described, but it's very difficult to take officers who have worked for decades in a very specific way and just switch to, you know, now it's not us versus them, it is we're patrolling this community we're a part of and we're building trust and relationships. And so I wonder if you have anything like to say about that or if you think that recruiting social workers to help with that sort of switch to a new model will be helpful.
2: Well, I think given the police is the social worker today. (laughs) I'm a social worker on every call I go to. Sometimes I'm mother, father.
0: That's true. From the things you told me, I I remember one day at game night, you were talking about like yeah. a, responding to a suicide call and.
2: Uh, police officers are social workers in terms of, um, <laughs> in terms of uh, uh, the calls that they go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reality is, a police officer shouldn't be there. A social workers should be there. Mm-hmm. Um, a mental health therapist should be there, but they're not, and the police respond, mm-hmm. uh, and rightfully so when someone picks up the call phone and calls nine one one and they say that they're in need of emergency, that they're in need of help, um help should go. Um help should go with significant uh speed and priority. Um um, so police officers do take on that role. While they, you know, oftentimes we lack the appropriate training, um we we do go and act in that in, in that capacity. So but back to your original uh, question: And would it be effective to have someone of a social worker, um, training, education, capacity, um, be out there in the streets with the police officers? There's no doubt that would work. I mean, that would be a home run, and I think that would not only make um, our that would not only make the department more effective, um, it would help um, um, build public trust as well. Um, your first question of the two. you can't it's difficult to teach a old dog new tricks um and that's I was more critical of this on the outside but now that I'm on the inside that's no fault of their own um so I'm not um what's it jaded Mm -hmm. I'm not jaded by this old style of policing and you have to keep in mind I'm also a black man (laughs) that helps and uh I can't as much forget um, that the sun rose this morning as I can forget the experiences that Black men have had at the hands of police officers mm-hmm. um, since uh, the found uh, foundation of policing, um, which uh, lies within uh, our historical uh, slave-catching narrative. Mm-hmm. folks resent the change and it's unfortunate Mm -hmm. and the folks i'm talking about are my colleagues (laughs) right um and a lot of times i don't think that they know or understand why the changes are necessary
0: okay so the model has the approval of future police commissioner Julius Givens. Let's run it by a criminal justice policy expert.
3: Sure. Um, so my name is Destiny Carter, and I am a policy specialist at the Chicago Coalition for the Homeless. Um, my particular role is focused on criminal justice reform, particularly on the reentry side, Um, So that means that I focus on different policies, um, particularly in housing and employment, that would be beneficial to individuals that are returning from jail or prison.
0: Um, And I've sort of become fascinated with the social worker police women in the 1900s. Um, These were women with social work backgrounds who were recruited to work alongside police to improve and change conditions that caused delinquency. So they help people secure jobs, housing, access to health care, things like that. Um, and in 1911, CPD, Chicago Police Department had one social worker on staff. Her job was to, quote, do away with petty complaints, and she reduced litigation so significantly. She was praised by the courts, and they ended up with 29 social worker policewomen by 1919, um, but due largely to sexism and a lack of police interest in social work objectives, this type of social work pretty much disappears from the literature after World War II. Um, what do you think about that?
3: Um, I think that's amazing. I actually um, didn't know that um, this was a model that was adopted back then. Um, Me neither. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's incredible. Um, I think that's something that is was probably super important um, during that time. And I think social work definitely plays a role um, in a lot of the communities that we see um, experience more criminal activity. And I think that it's definitely vital to police work for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Moving parts, I guess I would say, behind the actual event that takes place. Um, Mm
1: -hmm. And so
3: I think, yeah, I definitely think that that's vital. And I think that's also a good way to educate police officers as they do this work and understanding um, kind of the person behind the crime.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think that policy implementation could make a program like this happen? Or do you think it's just something that, you know, departments would kind of just have to choose to do?
3: Um, I think that it could be possible that policy could be at play. Um, I think it would require um, individual states to adopt a policy um, that would essentially reflect statewide how police officers use social workers in um, their particular districts. Um, but I think that it's definitely something that can be done on a on a larger scale. Um, but I think that a lot of work would have each individual um, district and, and office and department in order to make it effective, for sure.
0: That makes sense. Um, So I interviewed my neighbor, who is a police officer, about this. And he said it sounds a lot like community policing. And so to me, community policing sounds like a great idea, but is really too vague to make a real difference in the way police do their jobs. Do you have any thoughts on the model of community policing?
3: Yeah, so community policing is something that I've heard about a lot, and I think that it can be a good model. Um, I think police officers engaging with the community at a in a more um, personal and social way can be really beneficial in their ability to connect with the community and then um, actually police it the most effectively. However, I think that the use of a social worker alongside an officer, as well as actual education from social workers um, in the initial stages of becoming an officer are so important in actually making um, community-based policing effective. I think that a lot of times community-based policing can often lead to just more police presence in communities, and, not, mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily become about the interaction with the community itself in kind of a a more pleasant casual way but more about putting more people into the community to monitor and so I think that it's very there's a fine line that without the adequate training of what community policing really is um, those lines can get blurred and it can actually be more harmful to a community it's really um inspiring to me that um, social work is taking an interest in policing. And I think that that old model is something that would be so beneficial for us today. Having social workers work alongside police is not only better for the community, but I think it's definitely better for um, police stations and folks working on serving the community to have a better understanding of these underlying um, disparities that often lead to crime. So I, I think that that's amazing.
0: So there you have it. Restoring social workers to active positions within police units would benefit both police and communities. It's not just some flax seed induced liberal fever dream. We can make this happen through state or city policy change or through direct advocacy aimed at specific police departments. I guess it's time to get to work.
1: Play us out, Mina. Let us, therefore, join hands. Police work is social work, and until it is included in social service, we shall continue to pass delinquents from one agency to another, and then from reformatory to jail, workhouse and prison. Socialized police work is but a further extension of the government's responsibility for public welfare.